Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. Today, we get to listen to part two of my two-part interview with Jordan Berry, a New Zealand personal trainer and owner of Kaizen Fitness. You are going to learn how to create a personal training business with other trainers, but you're using big box gyms and parks. Also, he teaches all his new trainers a specific consultation process that really boosts sales and helps the customer feel cared for. This is one of his secrets to success, and you get to hear his step-by-step process. From Jordan, you'll also learn how to use onboarding to attract top talent to your personal training business, which is key for a personal service business like this. And he's going to give you a big tip that he uses for a very unconfident personal trainer so that you can help your trainers improve their sales pitch even when they're a little doubtful about doing a sales pitch. Then you're going to learn Jordan's four-part one-on-one coaching sessions that he does with each of his trainers weekly, which has turned out to be one of the key reasons why they stay and really love working for his business. If you're thinking about expanding your personal training business through hiring others, but don't have a gym space, well, Jordan has done it. He uses big box gyms and parks to train his clients. However, he is able to create this immense sense of brand and community. And that's really what has driven his business so far. So you get to find out how he does it and what motivates him. Stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Today on the show is Jordan Berry, the owner of Kaizen Fitness, a New Zealand personal training company and the host of the Kaizen Fitness Show, a podcast that interviews top athletes and health experts. At only 21, he's built up a successful personal training business with two trainers and a massage therapist. What's interesting is he's built up the successful business without having his own gym space he and his trainers actually train out of other fitness gyms. This is a great low-risk and low-cost business model for any trainer who's ready to expand their business. But the challenge with this business is it's not so easy to find top-notch trainers and really to keep them. So what's really amazing about what Jordan has done is through community events, a training program, weekly coaching meetings, and even a podcast, he's been able to keep and retain some really top trainers. In the second part of this two-part interview, Jordan shares the small but hugely impactful things he does with his trainers and his customers to create a broader sense of brand, community, and support without having their own physical studio space. All right, so I'm going to transition now to your fitness business in particular. I have a lot of questions. So I know that you have different aspects of your fitness business. It looks like you have some partners and I've seen a boot camp on an Instagram thing, but you do a lot. So tell me, what does your fitness business offer? Okay. Well, fitness business is called Kaizen Fitness. Now, Kaizen is a Japanese philosophy that means continual change, continual self-improvement. So we kind of center all of our business off of that principle. Now, my business currently offers personal training services, um, massage therapy, boot camps, 
They're kind of our three pillars that we offer at the moment. The personal training is done out of gyms or it can be done in the park and the boot camps is done outside as well. And then as part of our Kaizen Fitness community, we do walks, we go out for dinners together so that we aren't just kind of offering paid service, but we're offering people the chance to be a part of a supportive and greater community that are all there for the same reason. They're all there to improve and get better. And with that, they can support each other to do that. Okay. So it sounds like you have a lot of services, but just so I have context, there isn't a physical space besides maybe the places they do their boot camp. And other than that, it's sort of on site. That's correct. Yeah. We, myself, my other personal trainer, we are contracted to other gyms. Mm. So we're working out of other gyms and then the boot camp isn't an outdoor space, but over the next year or so, we are working to have our own building, our own hub that we can have all of our services in and we can really create and grow that community. So that's like the, the really big goal that we're focused on at the moment. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you're going to get a great deal on rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like Wellington, the capital of New Zealand is super expensive. So we'll have to see. But if there's any time to buy or to rent, it is probably now. Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to get closer to where you want to be now, you know, more for your money than, you know, now having to accept like behind the building. Kind exactly. Of place, right? Just yeah. walking around central Wellington, there's certainly more spaces for rent available than there was pre-COVID. So it's definitely had an impact on the commercial market. Mm-hmm. Just curious, since you mentioned you're in a major city and I think if, if anyone else is in a major city like a New York City or Austin or something, do you know what the cost per square foot is on average for certain commercial? Have you started looking? I'm just curious and what's what it's like there. Per square foot, not off the top of my head, but I can give you some rough numbers. Yeah. So for a 300 square meter facility mm-hmm. would cost in central Wellington around 70 to 80,000 New Zealand dollars per year. Okay, so let's do that math real quick because I'm really curious. Brooklyn before COVID was pretty expensive depending on where you were, even if you're farther out from New York City. So in a sense, yeah. it's like a suburb, and you'd imagine it'd be cheaper, but it, it wasn't too much. And then in Manhattan was really ridiculous. When I talked to gym owners, that was the biggest struggle after payroll that kind of you know made the whole business fun and, and profitable was that Rent. So I'm just curious what's happening in the retail market for rent right now. And that actually brings me to the next question. I was going more into your business now, but I'm assuming you're looking at your numbers about how much can you charge per month there? Because in New York City, 100 was almost becoming a good deal. Are you specifically talking about just gym membership use? Let's say gym and class. Were you going to do classes? Yeah. Okay. So if it was a gym membership with classes involved... In New Zealand, aiming towards a slightly more premium gym, you'd be paying between 20 to 25 New Zealand dollars per week. So over a month, perhaps 100 New Zealand dollars. So that would work out to be about 65 US dollars per month. Yep, you're right, 65. Okay, that's not too bad. And then, so we'll rewind back because it sounds like you have this vision I'm interested in hearing about. So right now then, what's your biggest revenue stream? Biggest revenue stream is personal training. Yeah. yeah. And how does it work? I was curious. I'm, I'm sure the big box gyms work similar to how other big box gyms work other places where you could either rent time, you split, or how, how do you do it since it sounds like you guys are a business 
you you have partners in your business, but you're training at these studios. Yeah, yeah. So Cosm Fitness is like the umbrella business, and then mm-hmm. we individually are contracted to different gyms. So I'm contracted to a particular gym, and then I just pay a weekly rent to them in order okay. to use their space. Okay. And then whatever I earn, I keep, and then I just pay them pay them a flat rate per week, mm-hmm. and that works pretty much all throughout New Zealand. Most PTs, most personal trainers would be contracted to the gyms they work out of. Oh, okay. That's interesting because I was talking to somebody in Calgary, Canada, and they're talking about sometimes there's a monthly rent and then sometimes you can split. I'm just curious regarding structure. And also I noticed that you said weekly. I, I usually hear monthly. Can you say, hey, I'd like to do a split or, or does everyone do rent? Can people do splits there? Yeah, people do like a commission or a split where say for example a few charge out for 50 new zealand dollars for half an hour of personal training mm-hmm. which is our half an hour price then we will break it down so that the personal trainer will get paid a split of what they earn and then okay. the business will retain a split of that as well and in regards to the payment yeah for some reason most places in new zealand work on a weekly basis it's really peculiar because everywhere else in the world seems to work fortnightly or monthly but in new zealand for whatever reason we tend to work weekly for a lot of the things yeah Yeah. okay that's super interesting so it sounds like people do splits and then you can also rent what are the numbers and feel free to say them in new zealand dollars how much do you generally pay for rent at a uh, gym yep uh two hundred dollars per week eight hundred dollars per month Mm. New Zealand dollars. I see. Do you get a cap on how many hours you can use? No. Is it $200 per trainer? But because you kind of mentioned your business, I wasn't sure if you could have other trainers under that $200. Yes. So the $200 is per individual. Okay. But in my case, because at the time I had a trainer working with me in the same gym. Okay. The rent was $150 as opposed to 200 So we got a slight discount for him being subcontracted to me. Mm-hmm. But standard in New Zealand is around $200 per week flat rate. So about, yeah, well, $800 per month. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. So then about how many training sessions do you do a week? It can vary from week to week, and we do tend to do 45-minute sessions, but it can okay. be anywhere from, say, 40 to 60 sessions per week, depending on if they're half an hour or 45 minutes. Okay. okay. Yeah. 40 to so, 60 uh, uh, sessions and 45 minutes a session. Yeah, so generally, if we're doing 45-minute sessions, which is what we're doing more of, we, I might do slightly less of that. It may be 30 sessions or 25, 40-minute 40, 40 sessions. I just prefer the 45-minute block because you've got more time to talk with your clients and to, to do some stretching and stuff with them as well. So, yeah, I could see how that takes up a lot of time. If that's 30 to 25 uh, sessions a week, that's a big revenue. How about, uh, what's your second biggest revenue? After personal training, it could be the boot camps or the massage therapy. Personal training is by far like, 95% of our revenue, the stuff I generate myself and through my other trainer. Mm-hmm. And then we get a little bit from the massage therapist mm. um, and through the boot camps. Yeah, personal training is like our biggest by a huge majority revenue stream. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Okay. And are you the main person or do you have a co-equal owner of the business? Yep. So I'm the sole owner of Kaizen Fitness. Oh, okay. 
And then I do personal training myself with my clientele, but moving forward over the next year or so, looking to move into a commercial premise, then yes, I do have a business partner coming on board with me. And then when we form the wider company, we will be equal shareholders. Okay. Do you already have a partner in mind? Yeah, we were talking together last week and stuff. So yeah, he's already there. He's just not a part of the current business. But as we take this next step, then that's where he's going to be integrated. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's fantastic. So it sounds like you built up a personal training business and then you started to notice you ran out of time. So maybe is that how you got into hiring and kind of making it more of a, from a solopreneur to kind of some subcontractors? Exactly that. So I was finding, I was getting booked up during my week. So that's when the subcontracting occurred so that I could have trainers working with me to service the clients that we were were getting coming through. And personally, I'm a bit of a hustler. I want to retire when I'm 40 years old. I don't want to live till like I'm 65 and still have to work. So it's important to start to develop an asset, start to build a business so that you can remove yourself slightly and still have income coming through. And also I'm a very big believer on the approach we take and how personal we can get with people. And by training people, having people working underneath me, we can kind of grow that vision and work with more people that I know are going to get the same level of quality. Yeah. And so the the big question I think some of us might be asking who have tried to expand through subcontracting and what's also interesting is you're doing it through renting gym space. So there's a lot less risk. And I think that's appealing because taking on a whole business operation is hard. How has that worked out for you? Because hiring and managing someone, especially if it's not your own controlled studio, can be challenging. It's been really good. It's worked extremely well. The hardest thing is finding suitable personal trainers. Okay. Yeah. In New Zealand, I'm not sure what it's like in the States. So I can only speak from experience in New Zealand, but it's extremely easy to become qualified or certified as a personal trainer in New Zealand. The courses can be quite short. So it can be a rather overinflated industry with qualified people, but the quality of those people isn't always up to scratch. So the hardest thing is actually finding people that are passionate, are authentic, are good communicators, and just have a good heart. A lot of people that become personal trainers just do it for the status, if you like. So they can put PT at the end of their Instagram username or you know have a reason to post topless pictures of themselves. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is a little bit of that. So it is it can be hard to find suitable people to work for you. But once you have, it does become quite easy in New Zealand to approach a gym and to talk about the situation and then to to get the trainer working out of that space. And then it's just a matter of continual upskill, making sure they're kind of aligned with your business and direction and obviously giving them the freedom to provide feedback as well. Yeah. How many subcontractors do you have right now? Just two. Two. Okay. And how many hours do you provide them? So they are kind of in, in, in essence, they're in business of their own accord. So they can do as many hours as they want. Basically, they can train as many people as they want. And I'm providing kind of regular support for them um, to do that. But yeah, they are welcome to train as many people as they can. Mm-hmm. How does the lead generation work and the sales closing? Do you mainly do that or do they do that? They do that as well. So we have a a structured consultation process where we're sitting down with an individual for an hour. We're not doing any exercise. 
purely to build the rapport with that lead and to find out their true reason why. Because our, our philosophy with Cars and Fitness, our motto is know your why. If you know why you're doing something, it becomes a lot easier to motivate yourselves. And as a trainer, it's obviously hugely important to know their reasons why as well. So we, we do that for a session. We usually will do kind of two introductory sessions, one that set your intention session, and then one where we're actually working out with the individual. And then at the end of the session, when we have our close, we have a script that we follow, which is really because we want to make sure that it's kind of fit to the lead and what they, they can afford. But no, all of my subcontractors do that themselves. Hmm. And for lead generation, we get some through Google, uh, through our website, and then also the gyms we are contracted to will provide leads to us as well. Oh, okay. And I think some trainers might be agreeing with you definitely saying it is hard to find uh, good trainers. And so it probably feels like we have to provide a lot of value to get them to come to us. So it sounds like you have these two great trainers. What made them want to work with you versus just saying, let me do it by myself? Yeah, no, that's 100% a good point. And it's something that when you first go to subcontract, you have to be very sure of your own ability as a trainer first. And that will, again, grow with time. But upskilling, hugely important. A lot of people see value in the upskilling. Two would be you can cover some of their expenses, whether you cover their rent, which is what I do with my trainers. That's a big draw card as well. You're providing them with lead generation. You're providing them with marketing. And you're providing them just with the sort of support structure of being part of something greater than themselves. A lot of people are extremely motivated just to go out on their own and to do their own thing. But there are a lot of trainers who love the profession but don't like the idea of having this to pay rent and not having the guidance that they may get from being employed. So that's a big draw card for us. And as we grow our business and our brand, it will become a little bit more, I guess, trusted amongst the community and amongst the industry so that we will naturally draw more people into it as well. But the key thing, it comes down to yourself. It comes down to how sure, how passionate are you about your business? If you're really passionate about your business, if you really believe in what you're doing, then you will ideally, you know, find the right kind of people to work for you as well. Yeah. And it sounds like you also have some structure in place, which some people take for granted, but it sounds like you have some scripts and some set protocols. Is that something that you developed when you took on people or is that something you had before? Yeah. When we go to take on people, we do have a set structure or script to take people through. So I've got, I put everything in Google Drive and I have documents for them to go through, et cetera, et cetera. And a bit of a, a plan as to how to get them from the interview process where I'm interviewing them to initially bring them on board to the point where they're training people and they're happy with the closing process, et cetera. So yeah, there's definitely a few boxes that I've kind of set up that we need to tick in order for them to have competency in their role. And a lot of it is for some individuals, they really struggle with the sales process mm-hmm. yeah. really because you're literally selling yourself and it can be super difficult. This is something I really struggled with to begin with as well. So for a lot of the time, we'll spend a lot of time on that area, working on their sales scripts, working on their confidence and just their belief in themselves. So a lot of the time we'll focus on that, but you may also get an individual who's really strong in that area, but lacks skills as a personal trainer, other skills in regards to exercise prescription and nutrition. So that may be an area you need to focus on. So it's very much a case by case basis, but 
we have the tools and the structure there to make sure that they can get what they need. Hmm. This sounds big. You're helping them improve their skills, whether it's in sales or being a personal trainer and their technical or coaching yeah. skills. How much time do you put into these trainers? Because that sounds like what's your value add as a company? Yeah. Initially, it is quite intensive. So for the first month, two months, you'll be meeting with them multiple times a week for an hour or so to really focus on those key competencies and to fulfill that role as a personal trainer. So for the first few weeks, you are going to have to be prepared to invest a little bit of your time. But obviously, if you want to have that person really represent your business in a good way, then it's obviously in your best interest to spend time on them. So to give some numbers, yeah, the first eight weeks, you might be spending potentially six to eight hours of your time with them per week. Mm. And then as they become more competent, they will develop more confidence in themselves. It kind of gets to the point with my trainer at the moment who I've had on for over a year now, where we're kind of meeting just once a week for an hour and just having a meeting, talking, I'm giving him anything he needs, et cetera. So yeah, very intensive to start off with, but then they, you kind of wean them off the process as they become more competent. Yeah. And that sounds amazing. So let's say someone's saying, okay, I'm totally willing to do that. I can train them, but there's so many different ways to train people. What do you do? Do you do role playing? Do you do cuisine or what do you do? I'm huge on role play. I love role play because it makes the situation real. It's easy enough to give them a document and just say, here, read this. Mm -hmm. But there's so much nonverbal communication particularly when it comes to sales, that it's so important that you role play it with them so that you can pick up on a lot of the things they would not notice if they were just reading a script. Hmm. For example, like if you might be super confident and you take them through a really good training and you're smiling and then you come to the close and suddenly your body language changes. You're like, so this is our person and your voice changes and there's less eye contact. That's the kind of stuff that they wouldn't be able to develop if they're simply reading words on a page or if they're watching a video module. So one-on-one role play is super important because as the trainer, you can suddenly pick up on all of the things that they could be working on that wouldn't necessarily be picked up if they were learning through a different medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like that because if someone's thinking about expanding and they're worried about a bunch of things, it sounds like the number one thing you're investing in is your time to be a coach and a lot of people are familiar with being coaches. They, that's what yeah. they want to do. So you're coaching exactly. other coaches, really. Exactly. And I love helping people and teaching people. So to me, I find it a really natural way of approaching it. And to any trainers watching or listening at the moment who perhaps struggle themselves with selling themselves, it's really funny. I did this with my trainer. So, and this has stuck with them, funnily enough. So Awesome trainer, like he's very skillful, but when it came to the sales process, he was often quite shy and reserved just because he lacks kind of the confidence. And we were talking one day and then he started talking about, oh, you've got to go to the supermarket, man. There's like this really good pizza. It's got like meat on it and it's just so delicious. It's it's $4.50, but I'm telling you, it's the best pizza you're ever going to buy. And I said to him, why don't you sell your personal training like that? Yeah. And, And he just clicked. He was like, oh man because he was so passionate about this bit of pizza and he was so animated about it. And I, I just wanted to run down to the shop and buy the pizza because he did such a good job of selling it. He had so much emotion. And so 
for those people that really struggle with selling themselves, just think about how do you talk about your favorite movie or how do you talk about your favorite food? You know, you're animated, you're lit up. It's like super easy and it just rolls off the tongue. Think about that when it comes to selling your personal training or selling your services. So from now on, my mm. personal trainer's like, yeah, if I'm struggling with confidence, I just think about pizza. Like, how would I sell pizza? That's how I sell <laughs> so that's a good lesson. Do you have any other lessons? Uh, since it sounds like something you've been doing a bit, coaching trainers on sales, like any other tips or common issues you see them face? Yeah, I think, yeah, confidence is like a really, really big one. The other thing I like to say is we're personal trainers or coaches. We're not dodgy car sales people, you know, mm-hmm. we're not trying to sell people a dodgy car that they're going to lose money in and they're going to regret buying it. We're selling them a service that genuinely has the impact to change people's lives. I truly believe that. And that's something that my trainers believe as well. So the key thing you've got to think about when you're approaching someone on the gym floor, Floor walking is quite big for personal trainers in New Zealand. Simply walking the floor and talking to people. Think about this. If you don't offer your services of personal training to someone, you are doing them a disservice by not offering them personal training. Basically because if you value your ability as a coach so much and you think it genuinely has the ability to positively affect other people, you'd be doing them a disservice by not offering it to them because they'll potentially go on with their lives and be unhappy with the way they look, be unhappy with the way they feel. They may have a really bad experience with another personal trainer who's not as invested in their health and fitness as you. So you've just done them a disservice by not offering your service. So think about it in that way. Think about if you're not willing to sell and offer yourself up to these people, you are doing them a disservice because they may get a worse service somewhere else or they may continue through the rest of their lives not happy with the way they look and feel. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying build confidence in what you're selling, like be so confident that it's worth it. Like running down to the restaurant and getting that pizza, be so confident about the value that you're offering to these clients. Exactly. And as long as it's coming from an authentic place, Mm -hmm. because as humans, we instantly know if we are getting sold something, we know automatically from the person and the way they're speaking, just in the general feel that they're giving us, if they're just after our money. So if you truly believe in your product, if you truly believe in what you're selling, then yeah, go for it. Just offer the service up to people because there's certainly plenty of people that are doing it for the wrong reasons. And there's plenty of businesses who are, you know, playing on people's naivety and ignorance. So if you a genuine person who has a genuine want to help people, then just develop those sales skills so that you can present that in a positive way. Yeah. So there's a huge investment in, and that's a huge draw for anyone who wants to be successful in personal training to work with someone who's going to invest in them. I think one worry that some trainers might have is, okay, so I invest this 40 hours or 48 hours into somebody and they could become good. Why wouldn't they just leave after a couple months and try to do it on their own and take all my education that I gave them? Yeah. I mean, that is a a possibility Mm -hmm. and we came to a point with my current trainer he was working in the same gym as I was but then he ended up moving gym and when he told me about it in my mind I was thinking oh is he going to leave Kaizen Fitness but he said no I want to stay with the business because I believe in you Jordan and I 
um, and really happy with kind of what you've given me so far and I want to stick with you. So I genuinely think if you are continually giving value to that personal trainer, mm-hmm. then they should see no reason to leave. Mm-hmm. It is a fear. It mm-hmm. definitely is a fear because you are investing a lot of time into them. But again, if you let that hold you back, then I don't think it's going to do you any good either. So you're providing some value for them. What do you think it is? You mentioned you talk to them every week for one hour. And I'm curious what you guys talk about. Is it how are your clients doing or is it more role playing? Is it more tips and techniques? What do you feel like now that you're you're kind of reflecting on? What do you provide to them? A lot of it is personal development of all things. It's actually making them better people. Because if you're making your trainers better people, then they're automatically going to become better trainers. So through the role play, through the things that I've taught my trainer, he's really seen the value in that. And he's actually been able to take that into other areas of his life as well. So I think holistically, he's seen that through working with me, through working through our business, he's seen not only is he you know doing well with his personal training, but he's been able to see the kind of value that can be added into other areas of his life as well. So yeah, if again, it just comes down to value. If Mm -hmm. you're able to provide someone with genuine value that they could potentially take outside of, of work, then, you know, they would see no reason to want to to leave you or your business. Yeah. I think that's key. What do you do during that session? Do you talk through issues? Do you do role playing? Do you go down a checklist like what do you exactly go over yes okay so in our our kind of meetings mm-hmm. we'd have a bit of a reflection okay on the last week because that's important mm-hmm. and we would talk about the things that went well like you may have got another client on board or a particular training may have gone really well and that's cool and as part of that we talk about the challenges because in life we have People call it winning and losing, right? But we only really lose if we don't learn anything from it. So in the example of this, if my trainer came up to me and said, oh, I went to, to close a sale, but it didn't go so well, instead of just thinking, okay, we'll move on from that, we think, okay, well, how can we learn from that? How can we make that better? So as part of that reflection process, it's, it's re- very much about refining the skills. So we'd, we'd spend a bit of time on reflection. Mm-hmm. And then I just ask my trainer, what kind of things would you like help with? Or I may come to the training, come to the meeting with a particular topic in mind that I want to bring up. So we might talk about kind of the laws of momentum, developing momentum. We may talk about role play through things that I've learned. I may have a particular topic that I want to bring to the meeting, but otherwise I'm very much asking the trainer, what do they want? What do they feel? Because it's a very easy thing to just want people to understand you, but it's, it's super important to be able to understand where other people are coming from. Mm-hmm. It's all very well me structuring this meeting time, but if I'm not in touch with what my trainer actually needs, then that's going to be a big turn off for them. So yeah, I may have some modules to go through, whether it be about yeah, momentum or role play or sales, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I make it very clear that, you know, this is kind of directed by them as well. And if they feel like they're struggling in a particular area, then we can focus on that instead. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you really take that time to help them feel heard. And you do number one, a reflection. Uh, number two, maybe a lesson, role playing, some modules. And number three, ask them what do they need or what could you help them with? Exactly. And then number four would be some goal setting for the next week as well. Mm-hmm. And how I phrase it would be, when we sit down and have this meeting in a week's time, what would you be super, super happy with achieving? I like that question. Okay, I'm going to write yeah, that down. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's quite funny. As soon as you ask that question, people's faces light up because I think about all the things. And I say, the bar way up here, like, just be super unrealistic with it uh-huh. because you'll just strive to get there. And even if you fall short, you're going to get way more success than what you previously thought you could if you just set the bar down here. So just, yeah, allow them to dream. Like, what would make you super happy to have achieved by the, the next week and you know, set the bar high. And if they fall short of that bar, they've still, you know, far surpassed what they thought they were capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sounds like some real structure that helps them kind of reflect and feel like whole as in what they're doing. You also mentioned some other things that I'm not sure if these are big parts in your business. You mentioned you have little get togethers or like a community. Do you yeah. do that often? Is that a big thing for your business? Yeah. Yeah, I'm huge on community. So yeah, our primary business is one-on-one personal training. Okay. But I'm a huge believer of bringing everyone together outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. Because for a lot of habits, to create that continual positive change that is what Kaizen is about, it's important that it becomes a lifestyle. And part of that lifestyle is feeling a part of a supportive community. Community is so important to people, whether they like to admit it or not. Everyone likes to feel a part of something. And in the health and fitness sense, there are a lot of communities that can be unsupportive in the gym or people don't feel a part of because they don't look a certain way. But yeah, for our community, we will have things almost, yeah, every couple of weeks. We'll have a boot camp. Last week, we got together, we bust out to this place outside of Wellington, outside of the city, and we went for a big hike. And then a couple of us jumped into a waterfall so we'll do kind of cool adventures. A few weeks ago, we went out for dinner together. There was a group of about uh, 15 of us, and we all went out for dinner and had a couple of drinks so that it becomes, yeah, more of a lifestyle, and people can find and connect with more like, uh, like-minded people. Later on in this year, we've got a mud run planned. We're going to do a five-kilometer mud run where we're just going to get a team of people together and then go through like this <laughs> obstacle course. So, uh-huh. yeah, it becomes a, a really fun time, and people kind of connect with each other through that as well. Yeah. And are your trainers really active in that community? Yeah, definitely. Usually there'll be either the trainer or the massage therapist will be there with us during those events as well. It's super fun. It's super fun. There's a bit of banter that goes on and (laughs) jokes and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. Yeah. That's again, HR, that's extremely team building, morale building. Yeah. I could see why I guess without knowing the vibe Going in, initially, someone might think, okay, what is this? What is Kaizen providing to this one trainer? But it sounds like you have mentorship, you have a training program, you have community. So I think those are all things that takes a, a solopreneur working by themselves to feeling like they're, they are part of something bigger without having the studio effect. Definitely. And I'm not one to stagnate. So I'm always trying to better myself. I'm huge on personal development myself. I'd be a bit of a hypocrite if I wasn't. So Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to find new ways to improve myself as a person, to improve my ability to listen, to empathize with people. 
because that's what I'm passionate about. And if I can build a team of people that believe in the same thing as me, then that's kind of how the business scales because we want to be able to scale and help more people without losing the quality of the service we provide. And yeah, a huge part of that is just creating a really cool community that people can feel a part of, people can connect with one another. Mm -hmm. And I had one more question since I'm sure that the trainers in a sense resemble a leadership role for your clients. Do you pay them to come to these community events? I, I know it's a tricky question. As a no. business owner, I know that I want to do these events and I know sometimes people won't show up. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't said for the boot camps, because the boot camps are a paid event, they're slightly different from our other events. The boot camps okay. are a paid events where our members will pay $10 to be a part of the boot camp. Mm-hmm. And I just say to my trainer or to the massage therapist, anyone you bring along, you can keep the funds. Mm, okay. So that will kind of, yeah. But for the likes of our walk or the dinner, nah, that's just free for all. Our trainers, they want to turn up because it's such a fun time. So if they're not busy, then yeah, they'll come down on a weekend to have some dinner. My trainer and my massage therapist, we're all like really close and they're willing to do all these things for free. And I'm doing it for free. And then the members aren't having to pay anything because if you're always... If money's always coming into it, then obviously from a business point of view, you need to get paid. But at the same point, just build a team strong enough that you're not all there together just because of money. You're there because for the love and the support for each other. Yeah, I could see that. And this sounds kind of funny, but you mentioned understanding your why. I feel like I could see how this business is really built around your why of connecting. And when you say Kaizen, I was like thinking about personal development. It just seems like you've built a business that really matches who you are. Definitely. I'm very lucky in that regard, being so young and to have found my purpose almost Mm -hmm. like from an early age, because I believe if you were able to positively improve the quality of someone else's life, that is like one of the most powerful things you can do as a human. And the amount of times where someone's come up to me and said, well, I've been able to do this for the first time because of our training. That is just so powerful and makes me feel so great that, you know, just one human connecting with another human, we've been able to create such a substantial difference on people's lives. So that to me is just like awesome. It's so directly in line with what I want to do. Yeah. That's awesome. And it sounds like you have a great business and it's kind of low risk. So just looking forward for me, one of my big whys is to not lose a ton of money <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> to manage risk. I'm all yeah. about managing risk, even though I started the gym with all my own money and it was extremely stressful. So this is my why question. You've got a lot of success going here. You're, you have very little overhead. What do you think about to help you reduce that risk of overstress and too much expenses what are you thinking about right now for your gym that's a very good question so first and foremost definitely in line with opening our own space just so that we can have a central hub where we can offer all of our services and so we can develop the community so i'm definitely on board with that but yep i have noticed that since thinking of this idea and moving through the processes the stress and the tension can build slightly The risk doesn't bother me so much. It's more just making sure we're still able to provide a good service and and manage the expenses. The big thing for me is just being very in touch with myself and recognizing when I am getting stressed. 
and being able to identify straight away what's making me stressed and how I can overcome that. Now, everyone has their own ways of dealing with that. I personally have found that types of breath work, meditation and exercise have been really good at helping me to manage stress. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, if you are in that kind of situation, it's very hard to, to be, you know, energetic and to be able to give that value to, to the members you're with. So yeah, as a business owner and moving forward, I'm going to have to be extremely true and honest with myself. Me and my business partner have had this discussion as well, that we are both going to find times where we are stressed, anxious, perhaps angry, overwhelmed, and we need to be able to give each other that time, that support, but also the transparency to let each other know how we're feeling. But yeah, for me personally, I can notice straight away when I'm starting to get stressed. So I just need to be able to take some time out in my day for myself to be able to manage that and to be able to go through it in a logical fashion. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like one thing is you're going to just make sure you emotionally balance going into this new milestone in your life. You know, business owners listening, you'll notice that we're always constantly taking over, right? So mm -hmm. in order not to get burnt out, I like to take a decent amount of time where the phone switched off or the phone's away. I'm just living in the moment and I find a lot of that is through being in nature, going for a run outside, jumping in the ocean, swimming or surfing. Hmm. Okay. And one last question on managing your risk as you jump into this thing, because it's so exciting, but there's a lot you're putting on the time, your time, a five-year commitment. If anyone's ever worried about getting married, I mean, this <laughs> is bigger, okay? You yeah, could get divorced. Yeah. You can't get out of the lease. I'm imagining you might be thinking of a lead generation strategy because you'll probably need more leads because I'm, everyone is always like, how do I get more customers? And you seem to have found that with having a lot of customers. What, what kind of lead strategy do you think you do for your gym? Yeah, it's always a very elusive process, isn't it? It always changes, but a big focus will be online. Because okay. if you think about how a consumer will find a personal trainer or a gym, generally the first thing they'll do is they'll type into Google personal trainer or gym. And generally it will be the first one, two or three options that come up. So part of our lead generation strategy would just be to have a very strong online presence, have really strong SEO so that we're ranked quite highly on the Google listings, have good reviews on our website so that you're developing that kind of social proof, that social trust. So that would be the uh, num number one would be having a really strong online presence and being able to show how personal we can get with people mm -hmm. so that you're not just treated as another number. So that will come into it. And then another one, depending on where we are in the city, just another tactic that I'd like to do is just to do some really different stuff. So you get this all the time, right? People standing on the side of the thing, handing out flyers, you know, coming out to the gym. And half the time, they'll either completely ignore you or they'll pick up the flyer and then they'll put it in the bins down the road. So it will be about creating really creative, interesting ways outside in the environment to engage with people. So we set up some little ice baths outside the gym and have people like jump into cold water or if you know, there's people singing a song about the gym or whatever it may be, just being super creative with how we market the gym to again create that strong point of difference from other marketing strategies that other people might be using. Nice. Well, that sounds really exciting. Different marketing strategies are really good. So we're excited to hear how that goes. And I hope you can find some good rent at this time. How is it over there with COVID? So it's like it's never happened. Like you look outside and everything's back to normal New Zealand. 
we are having no cases for a few days, then we might have one case every now and then, but we've got hardly any masks in society. Once we transition down from our highest alert level, as we transition down, we're now at level one, which is basically everything's back to normal. We're having live events here again, festivals, music events, gyms are back to normal, supermarkets are back to normal. It's basically back to how society was. It's like it's never happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a big difference from here. <laughs> yeah. You can't get out of the news feed for it because it's affecting everywhere. So that's interesting. And I can see how maybe you might not feel like you would get the best rent yet, but we'll see. So basically it sounds like you're optimistic about fitness and physical locations still because right now things feel like they're back to normal. Yeah, exactly. But on that point, there is this big discussion about whether people are going to be consuming health and fitness in a different way. Yes. With, with lockdown, with COVID-19, obviously far more people are exercising at home. So I think over the next five, 10 years, there may be a little bit of a race to see what kind of fitness experts can dominate the online field. But I'm still very optimistic in the fact that people will still crave that in-person experience. We were only in lockdown for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And in that time, people got so sick of exercising in their bedroom or exercising in their living room and not being able to feed off the energy of having someone else in person with them. So although we may see a little bit more of a trend of people going online and there may be definitely a market for some interesting online exercise strategies, I think there's still a market. As human beings, we still crave that kind of in-person communication. We still crave you know, being able to go to a music event live, being able to go to a workshop or a seminar live in person or to be able to go to a gym and see a personal trainer live in person to get that energy, to have that motivation. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow, this has been really informative and, and to find out that you guys are kind of back to normal, which is kind of night and day from us. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Jordan, thanks so much for being on the show. Sorry for the thunder in the background. It's been fantastic to kind of just learn about your journey. And I feel like what I've learned is that my aha was that I think that uh, a fitness business, despite it feeling the same for every fitness entrepreneur, in a way, everyone kind of makes to match their personality, their why, like you would say. And I think that's sort of a key to making the business work so that it's always authentically you. I feel like that's what I see in our conversation. So it's been really interesting. It's been an absolute pleasure, Christy. I really enjoy being able to help people and other fitness experts as well, because it can be like a tricky industry to be a part of. It can be tricky to know how to scale the products that's so personal sometimes. Yeah. So the key thing is just always remembering why you started in the industry and that will kind of get you through. And if you do feel like there is a change of heart, then then follow through with that. But I think it's really important that as personal trainers, nutritionists, physiotherapists, we're all kind of in the same game together. We all want to help people. We all want to improve the quality of their lives. So it's important that we do stay connected. And I'm extremely transparent with how my business is going and, and what we're doing because if you treat other PTs as your competition, it can kind of create an unhealthy environment where there's an endless amounts of people that are suffering from diseases, heart disease, depression, and those numbers are just increasing. So spread right. the love, share the love, and share the knowledge with one another. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So thanks for all that positivity and thanks for your time. Oh, how can people find you if they want to work with you in some way? Yeah, sure. So you can go to our website at www.kaizenfitness.co.nz. 
Kaizen is spelt K-A-I-Z-E-N. Or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn underneath the handle Kaizen Fitness NZ. Awesome. All right. So definitely reach out to Jordan. He has a lot of interesting things to say and his podcast is really interesting. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Christy. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end dot C-O. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more of clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.